The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Claudia. Good morning, Tina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And, you know, the first question I ask everyone I speak to these days is, how are you really doing? <laughs> That's a really good question, and you're right. That has changed from how are you to how are you really doing. Well, the reality is I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm coping. I'm taking my own advice from last week. I've accepted. I've adapted, and now I'm trying to overcome. Um, it's, it's been a real whirlwind, but I do believe that there is a silver lining. So let's just hope it comes sooner than later. And, uh, and that's it. Now, we're not able to connect in studio in person these days, obviously. And you're obviously not able to connect in person with your patients. How is that going? So it's, it's been a real significant change for me because I'm used to seeing so many different people all day long. I truly do miss it, but we've accommodated. So I, I can't physically treat people, um, but I feel like I want to be connected. And people have also shown significant interest in staying connected to me. So I've arranged Zoom appointments where we get on a Zoom meeting, a Zoom call, and we chat about what they're experiencing, um, how they're feeling, because you know I do believe the two are connected. And I'm able to help them that way so I can go through some basic stretching to show them how to you know, maybe alleviate some low back pain that they are dealing with all the time. or. And even for those patients who I had to kind of leave mid-treatment protocol, I really am focusing on that, on helping them do what they can at home. So we do it over Zoom. Uh, You know, we've made accommodations. It's actually a lot of fun. We laugh, we joke, um, and I feel like at the end of our session, everybody feels a little bit more uplifted and hopefully in a little less pain. And is there anything that we can be doing, just the average person at home, to keep our body and minds active during this time? So I always, and I'm going to be posting about this, um, I have a pamphlet of 12 to 15 stretches that generally every person in my office gets when they leave. Um, So I encourage everyone to just stretch. Uh, It takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. You can do it once a day, twice a day. The key is hydration. Keep up with your supplementation. So my key ones are the collagen, vitamin D, lots of vitamin C right now. Um, Walk. If you can, you have the ability to walk in an area where, you know, you can still maintain social distancing. Get outside, even if it's just around your backyard, even if it's just up and down your street. Just get out there and breathe in some fresh air because I feel like a lot of us are stuck in the home, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just not giving your body the variety that it needs the oxygenation, um, the stimulation from just being you know, part of nature. So I feel like those are good tips. So stretching, hydrating, and getting out as much as you can. And there's no doubt that our life is changed. It's changed inside and outside the home. And it's likely going to change post-COVID-19 as well, don't you think? You know what? Honestly, I do believe that post-pandemic life will undoubtedly change. Um, You know, I've spent the last few weeks observing, listening, talking to people, reading about how people's outlook on life is going to change after we flattened the curve, because that's most important right now, and we had the opportunity to shed light uh, on the situation, perhaps find the silver lining. There has to be a silver lining in all this. I'm an optimist by nature. I'm a positive thinker. 
I don't believe that these things happen in our lives and on this planet for our demise. You have to remember that everything is here and happening for our highest good. We're here to make changes. So the first thing is we have to accept that things are going to be different. We call it a new normal. Um, it's just inevitable. So people are going to look at life differently. People are going to behave differently. So there's a standing joke in, our, in, in my family and with my staff and patients where it's all about Darwin's theory of evolution, survival of the fittest. So what does that mean? <laughs> I joke that dinosaurs don't exist for a reason. I don't know if it's true, but I use this analogy to help people understand that we need to change. We need to accept change. We need to honor it, and we need to not be afraid of it. And I say that from a place where, yes, I have my moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, like, how much change can we handle? What is going to change? But I think inevitably we're going to change and we're going to learn to do three simple things. We're going to learn to enjoy life a little bit more and enjoy the simple things. So taking a walk with your family, your dog, um, you know, saying hi to a neighbor. We may not be avoiding each other as much as maybe we previously did. We're, we're all missing that human interaction. Uh, people will look at money differently, you know, saving money for the future for times like these where you maybe don't have access or you, don't, you need the money um, for times like these. And I also think that consumerism is going to change. So how we buy things and what we expect of the things that we buy is going to change. Interesting points, and I think that I wonder if this is going to get the attention long term, you know, for that generation that isn't about saving, that they're more about living in the moment, that maybe this will really have a, a huge impact on their lives going forward, eh? I think so. The Generation Z or Z, um, I think, will have a real awakening. And I do believe that it will be a very spiritual awakening where we're gonna, they're going to learn to be more in touch with what's really going on on the planet, around us. I think, uh, like I say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to keep my point. I think this, in the end, will be positive change for humanity. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here then. What about those of us, maybe I'm included there, that don't adapt well to change? How do we, how do we accept and adjust and move forward? And you know what, that's a big question. Everybody has been asking me this and everybody's fearful of this. Um, you're not alone. So it is going to take time. So I'm going to remind everyone that as much as we are social distancing, we're going to have to rely on our tribe, on the people in our lives who are going to inspire us. We may not be able to get together as much or, you know, we're going to take our time to get back into all those, you know, visits and social gatherings. But you do have people out there who are willing to help you. And technology is amazing. I mean, if you need a quick uh, boost, just send me a text message. Set up a Zoom meeting. I mean, we are not alone. We are all going to get through this together, and there is no judgment placed on anybody who's more fearful than the next person. So I'm here for you as I'm here for everybody else. Oh, that's great to hear. Coming up next, a new survey about how this pandemic has changed all of us. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. 
Do you know what's happening in your community? If you live in Markham or Stouffville, turn to the Markham Review or Stouffville Review to find out. We are your community connection. Pick up the print copy monthly at community centers, grocery stores, and other high-traffic locations. Or read us online, updated daily at MarkhamReview.com or StouffvilleReview.com. Local news, events, special features are all here. Markham and StouffvilleReview.com, your community connection. The Toronto Zoo is responsible for the health and welfare of over 5,000 animals. We are closed to the public until further notice, but zoo staff will still be here every day taking care of the animals, adhering to strict health and safety protocols. Please check out our enhanced social media content during this time, including daily Facebook Live Keeper Talks at 1pm and resources for parents and caregivers at torontozoo.com. Look after yourselves, and we look forward to welcoming you back to your Toronto Zoo when it's safe to do so. 1059, the region. COVID 19 has changed all our lives. The how and where we work and shop and learn. The information is constant and evolving, and physical distancing is the new normal. As we continue to adjust, it can be overwhelming and difficult to know where to find the information you need about your city, your town, your neighborhood. That's where we come in with the stories that matter to you and your family from across your region. We are 1059 the region. 1059 the region. Everywhere you are. You're listening to 1059 the region. Welcome back to the Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKilla. Thank you, Tina. Our guest today is Dr. Mark Sabo. He is the Director of Insights and Engagement for Anstice. They are a marketing and research firm that's commissioned a new public opinion poll about this crisis of COVID. How has it changed our lives? Thank you so much, Dr. Zabel, for being here today. Um, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for, for having me. It's our pleasure. So I had a chance to kind of review the study and I you know, watched the webinar, which I thought was fantastic. So tell us, what was the reason, like what um, was the impetus for wanting to propose a survey like this across um, Canada? Sure. Uh, at Anstice, our approach to growth is really creating growth by delivering meaning. And so when we look at um, how we do what we do, we look at how, how do we and how do our clients best deliver meaning to people because that's what folks expect from what they buy and from companies they support. And when we look at meaning, um, interesting things happen uh, uh, from the long term. But what we wanted to do is now say, well, what does meaning mean post-COVID? How, how is people's sense of meaning and what's important to them going to change? Um, how has it changed now? And how do we think it's going to change down in the future? So let's go through this survey by the numbers. What can you tell us in terms of some of the highlights about this survey? Sure. We're finding um, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, that folks really want to get back to basics. So 67% of the, the respondents from our survey agreed or strongly agreed that the basic aspects of life are now more important because of the crisis. And interesting, only 10% uh, of them either disagreed or strongly disagreed. And when we go through the survey, the basics of life, basic aspects of life were things like family, human connection, um, altruism, supporting each other, um, essential services, being public-minded. Uh, we also found a lot less materialism, um, freedom of movement, that sort of stuff where, where people are really focusing back on what's important and what has been important over the years. 
I love this idea of back to basics. I think it's a great concept, and I think that in the long run it will be a really amazing thing for people to focus on. But with this post-pandemic mindset, is it, do you think it's something that's going to happen naturally, or is it something that like media, marketing strategists, corporations will have to teach or will encourage, or is it just going to happen kind of on its own? Well, I hope that it's it's a little bit of both because obviously we're all um, influenced by media and we're influenced by who we choose to to bring into our our minds, obviously. But I think there's two aspects of it. One is naturally, um, according to the, the the findings that we had, at least initially, people are gravitating towards being more helpful, more altruistic. Whether that lasts. Um, as the the crisis endures, is yet to be seen, and we'll go back in and uh, in a couple of weeks and and try and find out if anything's changing. Um, but I think from media perspective, media has a responsibility from what 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 I saw in in the findings to provide uh, reliable, timely information. And because in a time of crisis, that uncertainty is the real challenge, right? It's that not knowing. And so when we've got a media culture that uh, is scrambling for eyeballs and will we'll say pretty much anything to get attention, that I think runs the danger of making things worse. Now, as part of this study, you said that you know, folks are valuing their health, their families, their work, their freedom of movement. You touched on this a little bit, but I'd like to get your, you know, your personal opinion. You talked about will this last post-pandemic. What do you think? Do you think it's really going to have an impact? I think, um, and, and again, I, I don't know this from the study, but from, from my perspective, uh, we're going to see folks getting a taste of the good life in the sense of valuing those basics. Because those basics are basics for a reason. It's like tradition is is valuable for a reason, and it endures because it's awesome. And it's the kind of thing that people want to pass along. And, and the basics of, of living are very much like that. They're, they're basics and they endure for us because they're awesome. And so my, my hope is that when people get a, a taste for the good life from the basics, even though it's not easy, that some of that will stick and uh, they'll carry that forward after the crisis. I love that. Um, altruism. So... I personally feel like we've all, you know, most people have lost touch with the altruism, the helping of others. Do you feel that um, in all this we will be all be more inclined to give back, to help others, and to have the best interest of humanity um, at the forefront of our thoughts? Again, I, I sincerely hope so. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at history, again, this isn't from the study, but if you look at, at the past, as long as the basics uh, are covered, people have food, they've got some sort of means of support, and they've got, um, you know, the, the simple things that they need to survive, then I think altruism is probably going to last. It's when people have, um, have to compete for the basics of life that were, where things get really challenging. Now, one of the findings of this study had to do with education and that online education is actually viable in the long term. How did that come about? Where did that come from? We wanted to, um, to you know, we've got some clients that, that are, are in that business, so we wanted to get a sense of people's impression, um, whether it's going to be sustainable. 
and 35% agreed, 17% strongly uh, agreed. Um, now, the folks that we talked to are just sort of general population. They're not experts in the business. But what we did find was the challenge for online education comes from um, from males uh, who have a household income under 35000 a year and uh, also some pockets of resistance within the education industry. So uh, I'm quite familiar with how homeschooling works and um, distance education is going to be something that will be um, a fact of life for, for quite a while. So it's going to be interesting to see how the post-secondary institutions that rely on gathering groups of people together in large numbers uh, are going to carry forward. <laughs> and so consumerism. We, you believe, and the study I guess has shown that consumerism is going to change post-pandemic. So for listeners, let's talk a little bit about what that means for society. That um, I think there, there's two aspects of this. Um, we we asked folks, you know, how how might you start spending differently um, after the, the the crisis? And again, they don't know. They only know as much as as they know. So, but it was worth asking. And for the folks that said they will spend differently, um, the the we, we asked them to rank uh, a couple of things. And the one that was at the bottom was spending more on material goods. And also near the bottom was more indulgent, fun things for myself, which is interesting because that's usually the top of uh, consumer culture. And what they did rank the highest were things like higher quality products that are going to last longer, which makes sense. But right at the top as well was giving more to organized charities and more generosity to random strangers. And so when people looked at how they might spend moving forward, that was really interesting to see that there's a flight to quality and there's a flight to altruism uh, in terms of how people might spend differently. We also asked them, um, you know, when you support brands uh, moving forward after this crisis and the brands that you choose to buy, uh, we know folks get meaning from that, but we also asked them what you expect from them. And the bottom of the list was, you know, connect with me individually and give me an easy online purchase. All those things were um, uh, probably, uh, people are used to that. But the top of the list for what people expect from the brands they support is, number one, be compassionate to your staff. And, and this is by far uh, the highest ranking. So they want... Um, they want brands to, to show how they are compassionate to their own staff as, as the number one expectation along with helping them live their values outside of the product. Where does religion and faith fit in? Um, we asked them, uh, are you, are you um, experiencing an increase in your uh, religious faith? And what we found was some folks aren't and some folks are not. So uh, 22% said they strongly disagree. 15% said they disagree that they've got a renewed sense of religious faith. And about 27% um, said that they strongly agree that they do. So we're, we're seeing um, the fact that we see, we see any at all is, is interesting. So the folks that have this renewed sense of faith, the idea is you had it before, and now you're you're renewing that, so it's it's a it's an interesting finding to see where that goes. I'm curious about the gen generation Z. Do 
do you feel that they will be the most impacted by this pandemic in a positive mm. way? That's a, I, I hope so. And, and, and you know, I've, I've done some previous studies on, on Gen Z, and they are, uh, you know, as a generation, as much as you can generalize about a generation, they're much more like their grandparents than their parents. So they're, they're, they tend to be more traditional. They tend to be more conservative. Um, they tend to be more um, focused on, again, the basics. So if, if that is true, um, this crisis is really made for them because they are uh, equipped with the, um, you know, the, 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 the ability and the tools to, to deal with something like this much more so than a millennial or even Gen X generations might be. Um, and who is Gen Z or Gen Z? Sure. Uh, Gen Z, I'll tell you exactly. Um, the way demographers look at it um, is those right now, those are folks that are 16 to 23 years old. Okay. And is there anything that surprised you about this study? A couple of things. One was the 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 fact that the energy sector is, again, uh, if not cool, then at least a lot more respected because um, we asked folks uh, if if that was actually um, the case, and 43% of them agreed or strongly agreed that they've got a newfound respect for people working in the energy sector. And it's primarily because, um, I mean, now all of a sudden it's, it's not just a nice-to-have. We realize that it's an essential service in, in the most core sort of way. Um, and people also appreciated their work ethic and the fact that they're out there risking their lives um, and that they've been unfairly vilified over the over the years. So that was an interesting finding, similar sort of approach to utility providers where all of a sudden things you take for granted um, all become much more important. Very fascinating information. I love the results of the study. I feel like it's encouraging to know that we're all going to kind of rise out of this uh, pandemic in a positive uh, way, and we're going to be more in tune with ourselves and others. I think in the end it's going to be, um, it's going to turn out to have a positive outcome. Dr. Sable, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been a real pleasure, and I feel so enlightened. And um, if our listeners would like to know more about the study or have more information, how can they do that? Sure. They can go to our, our website. It's anstiecom.com. So A-N-S-T-I-C-E-C-O-M.com. And we'll, uh, we'll have it up there as well. Awesome. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to follow you. You can reach me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiala or my website www.thecenterforhealth.ca. And that's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thank you for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.